0: This is the bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512 834
1: 1027.
0: That is right. This is the bullpen, the Wednesday edition of the bullpen. Brandon Elkins and Patrick Osborne with you for the next hour.
1: Half glass full. It is Wednesday. Half glass full. Glass yes, half, half full. Glass half full. Half glass full, whatever. whatever.
0: It is Wednesday. Indeed. You heard me. It is indeed. And uh, how are you on this fine Wednesday, sir?
1: It is Wednesday. That's all I got for you. Fair enough. It is Wednesday.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> Message received. <laughs> well, you how know, are you, sir? I'm well. It is Wednesday.
1: Yes, it is. It is Wednesday. You are correct.
0: Uh, actually, I've had a pretty good day. Uh, you know, uh, stayed busy day. Lots of news going on at the airport, powder outages and stuff like that. I saw that. Yeah. What the hell happened? Still trying to figure it out. Oh it, man, it was a it was a nightmare. A, a sea of red brake
1: lights all around the airport. The, the last thing I saw was that. People were getting out of their ride share cars on the freeway. Yeah, there was dumping their cars, walking to the airport. APD actually had to come
0: out and say, "Please don't do this."
1: <laughs> I don't know why you. <laughs> I don't know why you dump your car. I don't no. know what good that that's going to do. If you need to go to the airport, you're just going to leave your car on the freeway. Well, you
0: know, it's like okay, great. My uh, uh, my car got towed. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll worry I'll, about deal yeah. with it when I get back from vacation. Okay, no, that's kind no, of, no thanks. Yeah. I had to have been frustrated. But yeah, but they got it fixed. They just I, I don't think they have yet to. Detect, uh, underground mal- equipment malfunctions. So it was a we power were. outage, right? Yeah, it was localized. You know, I saw some people on Twitter kind of, saying, oh, the power grid. Oh, there was nothing no, to do with the power grid. No, it, this no, is a local different. infrastructure issue, and, and we haven't figured it out yet. But anyway, so that's what happened.
1: Look, we survived this summer. I think we're good on the uh, grid for at least the summertime. We just got to worry about winter. Well, we'll see what what happens. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. In <laughs> and I, I'm not even a fan of Game of Thrones.
0: Hey, you know what else is coming?
1: Kick off NFL. of the new NFL season. Tomorrow. Tomorrow Woo! indeed. Buffalo. Let's go.
0: And here's something weird about this. All right. The Buffalo Bills, they're going to open up the season tomorrow against the LA Rams. Defending champion Rams.
1: I hope the Rams just get destroyed.
0: I think they might. And the and the Bills are the outright betting favorite this season for the first time since nineteen ninety one. Yeah. This has the franchise you know, continuing to pursue its first Super Bowl title, which also is weird to me. That the Buffalo Bills, a storied franchise like the Bills, that have made it to the Super Bowl, well, what seemed like umpteen million times in the 90s in when I row. was a kid. Right. Uh, they, they have yet to win one. And it's just, it, it's amazing to me. With a guy like Jim Kelly and they couldn't get it done, mm-hmm. you know, uh, wide right you know, I I, well, I like, still remember that. No,
1: no lack of effort on Jim Kelly's absolutely part. Absolutely not. That's, we can say we can put one that the, to bed right one now. One of the greatest quarterbacks of his generation.
0: generation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but the Bills are listed at plus six hundred at Caesar Sportsbook ahead of their season opener tomorrow night against uh, the LA Rams.
1: You gotta you gotta talk to me about betting like I'm five, man. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Well,
0: let, let's just put it like this: they are they have the best right. odds. They have the best they odds. They have the best it's odds to go and uh, and and win the Super Bowl uh, behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, who's only a slightly lesser favorite. Uh, yeah. But uh, I just I just think that this is interesting to kick off the season with the Bills being the favorites. Cowboys are a little bit farther down on the list there. I think they're about maybe ninth. Oh, man. Very, very bottom of this list. Yikes. You're Houston Texans. And my <laughs> Seattle Seahawks are only two yeah. above you. Yeah, the Seahawks man, let me and the tell you, look horrible. The uh,
1: national media has really painted a dark picture for this team that I don't think they're ready for because they're, your, they're your Seahawks, not going to be that bad. You talking about Seahawks? Yes. Okay. I don't think they're gonna be like a two, three, one, zero win team this year. They're probably win they're probably in the seven to eight if they overachieve maybe nine yeah. games. So it's just I don't know. Maybe it's just the Frustration in me because I know this team is better, but
0: yeah, I would think yeah. I would say that you're right. The Seahawks are better than they're being given credit for, but we also but don't they're know, not but great. it's great, yeah, yeah. I know,
1: and it's easy to put them at the bottom because nobody really knows what they're gonna get from this team, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, I guess that's fair.
0: I do think it's unfortunate to see the Texans down at the bottom of another list. It sucks, you know, it just went it's when just the
1: same old thing every year with these guys, and
0: they're opening up their season against the Colts on Sunday. I so, mean, let's what if they win? I they well, anything's possible. Yeah. I mean, you know, it could rain. Especially week one. Yeah. I Especially say every time. One. But I don't see that happening. I see the Texans opening yeah. up their season 0-1-1, unfortunately. I love the Texans. What, but, if,
1: uh, what if Sam Ellinger was the guy who made a game-winning drive against the Houston Texans? How what if? Because he's with the Colts. Even though he's like third... Third string quarterback. Well, look, I'd be upset. You never know.
0: I'd be upset. We loved you while you were here, man. You're not here anymore.
1: So <laughs> right, that's fair. <laughs> uh, no love lost, my friend. So the
0: Rams, you know, they they've kept a locker ready, for possibly for Odell Beckham Jr. Oh my god! Ooh, hey, your mic just fell hey, off. My there. mic
1: just fell off.
0: You know, that's not the first time I've seen that happen in my 16-year radio career. That's the weirdest phenomenon.
1: Hang on, Mister Fix It can fix it.
0: I saw I that know. happen to Todd Jeffries one time too and he sat there did the whole segment holding the microphone in his hand. I may have to do that. Yeah.
1: No, I got it. You got it? All right. That just dropped on me. Yeah. Okay, fine, I'll just talk I'll just I'll just sit like this. This At least is where you can't see strike. me, it seems like normal to to y'all. At least it wasn't a lightning strike, right? <laughs> Nailed it. There we go. Got it in. Uh, but it, you. Know,
0: you. <clears throat> so Beckham uh, suggested recently he's going to sign with whoever wins tomorrow's
1: opener. Allegedly. Buffalo in L.A. But yeah, allegedly. He, he, he's loving that. Then he came back later. He says, I, I only half meant that.
0: Oh, my God. Right, But both teams are, are regarded as contenders to sign OBJ. You know, I mean, Bill's pass rusher Von Miller's been recruiting him. Uh, GM Brandon Bean hasn't slammed the door either.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: of course, his ACL recovery complicates the situation a little bit. Also gives him though the flexibility to kind of just sit back and wait and watch.
1: Yeah. And he doesn't have to sign week one either. He does not. Or and, week
0: two. And unexpected contenders will emerge during the season. Yeah. That could become even more enticing for a guy like Odell Beckham.
1: I feel like, you know, he's he's made his money. I don't know his endorsements because I've never, you know, been in a city that he's played for, but I'm sure he's made his money and you know he's he's had a pretty decent career. So yeah, he can he can wait. He doesn't have to play a full season anymore. He's not about he's not out for numbers. He's out for championships. And if he's got a if he's got a bad ACL, there's and there's no reason why he shouldn't at least go to the Rams because at least you're in, a warm, him, I think, you're, really. you're in your warm climate and he's been on the team. He knows the team. So I just you go to the Bills to I, I feel like you go to the Bills week ten or week, you know, week. Wheater. When you I, got a better idea. Much later, when you know who's yeah who who's Who might be, be playing where. in January and February. Exactly. And then that gave him plenty of rest, and he could probably handle a little cold weather on his bum knee.
0: Well, I, 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 the I, weather I,
1: is a big factor when you got injuries like that. Certainly.
0: So. Certainly. And I can speak from experience. A couple of dude, knee surgeries dude. myself, I understand that wholeheartedly. I pop every time it gets cold. Yeah. yeah. Every
1: single part of my body.
0: And the older I get, I just start popping just because it's just moving <laughs> things just crack yeah. and pop with age too. So that's you know, so yeah age. Uh, but I, I do think the Rams really quietly are, are confident they're going to pick him up, right? But the longer they wait, mm-hmm. the more they risk losing him to somebody else. So you know it's kind of a kind of a thin line them. to walk. Well, I don't think I don't think Beckham's going to be signing anybody anytime soon. No, you know certainly not this week. He says that if I were him, I'd sign with the uh, I'd go with the Bills. But that's just me.
1: Again. You got to factor those injuries, and it's tougher when you're always playing in in cold weather, especially on the East Coast. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, but I mean he knows that, so you know who knows.
0: Uh, speaking of Week One, uh, something uh, we're not going to have any rookie QB starting this year in Week How One. About that, and that's the first time since 2007, the, and the Steelers made this official yesterday. Their first round, their first round rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Uh, he's going to be on the sideline for Week One.
1: I'm a little surprised by that. So
0: that means not a single rookie QB getting a start this week.
1: That's interesting,
0: and it's kind of unusual. You know, mark the first time since 07 that this, this hasn't happened. Uh, that year, there were two quarterbacks selected in the first round of the draft: Jamarcus Russell to the Raiders, Brady Quinn to the Browns. <laughs> they didn't really do Ouch. so well. Right? It didn't, <laughs> didn't really pan out so well that that draft. At
1: least, at least uh, Brady Quinn has a has a good post career. I don't know what happened to Jamarcus Russell. I don't either. Yeah, yeah, kind of disappeared.
0: Now this year, uh, uh, Pickett is the, uh, uh, Kenny Pickett, he's the number 20 overall pick, the only quarterback taken in the first two rounds. So obviously the NFL team's not really high on this class of quarterbacks. Uh, only time will tell, though, you know, what this rookie's class of QBs could, could prove. But at this point, yeah, they're, they're all going to be uh, no, no first-year guys out there starting on the
1: It's funny we don't really center. think of it as a weird thing anymore. It just kind of has always just been part of the NFL. If, they, if you're a top rookie, yeah. you might, you're, you're, gonna put, you're most likely going to play. Yeah. And Especially if you end up in a place, you know. They make such a big deal out of it in other sports like baseball and stuff. But NFL, it's just like, you know, it's just a regular thing.
0: I don't know. I don't and know that's why, why. It's surprising
1: when you don't see it this and th- year.
0: You know what? And that's one of those things that if you were to ask me to verbalize why, you know, why is it so different in the NFL uh, when you're talking about a, a rookie quarterback versus uh, a rookie pitcher? Mm-hmm. Who's never even had a start in the minors, right? Why is it so different? Well, I, I know why, but it's 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 just hard to. There's something about football that just makes it that much more accessible for young guys. I think to get out there and start at the high level immediately, mm-hmm. whereas baseball, you know, they really like to build it up through their farm clubs and things like that, which also makes perfect sense to me. But uh, you know, you, you could be drafted at 18 and not even see a start in the majors until you're 26, right? You know,
1: yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Uh, Side note, yeah. Jamarcus Russell, right now, at least since 2018, he's been the quarterbacks coach at Williams Williamson High School in Alabama. So good for him. So they're both having great post careers. Well, I, I'm sure he's happy over there. Probably yeah, a quieter I, life out there now. I'm pretty sure he's still probably getting paid by the Raiders at first with something. I'm sure they, Jamarcus they gave him, is fine. He's not going to oh, They gave him a lot of money. Yeah, he, so.
0: he's uh, he's sitting a lot prettier than yeah. either you or I combined. That is true. Speaking of big money, a record forty six point six million Americans plan to bet on the NFL this season. That's up three percent from last year. Uh, as the NFL kicks off tomorrow, thirty one states, DC, and Puerto Rico they've all launched their legal betting markets. handful more gearing up to get into the bookmaking business in the coming months. But more than fifty point four billion has already been, on, been bet on sports this year with American sportsbooks. Uh, just in twenty twenty two, a survey conducted of twenty uh, two hundred and ten Americans on behalf of the American Gaming Association in August found that 23 million adults plan to bet online. That's more than last year. 13% of NFL bettors said they'll use an unlicensed bookmaker this season. Yield you more money probably that way. <laughs> uh, 89% of Americans who bet on sports in the past year indicate that it is very or somewhat important to bet with a legal or regulated sports book. Obviously, uh, there are a lot of people just want to go spend their money. Now, I personally would rather set my money on fire. <laughs>
1: Than, than bet. Uh, that's just that's a, pretty much what you're doing anyway.
0: Yeah, I I don't win. The only time I've ever won anything, uh, even remotely related to gambling, I wasn't even old enough. I was 16 years old, and I was in high school. My uh, my brother who lived over in Shreveport mm-hmm. sent me two scratch off tickets, Louisiana Lottery scratch off tickets, for my birthday, and I won. And I, I I couldn't do anything with them.
1: Is there a Texas tradition that you know of where people give uh, scratch tickets for holidays? Uh, like Christmas or Thanksgiving?
0: I don't know if I'd call it a tradition, but I certainly see that a lot, yeah. Okay, yeah,
1: because yeah, my first roommate here, her family was... She's got a big family, really huge into... There's a some sort of holiday where every year they made sure to give everyone scratch tickets. Huh. I've never heard of that before, but apparently she said it's a it's a Texas thing, so... No, I, I, mean, I can't argue against that because I'm not from here. But no, I I don't I don't know about scratch I off. Really I heard tamales. about it. From I know of like
0: else. tamales on Christmas and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but, I like that tradition. It's yeah. a good
1: tradition. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and how, and side note, I am also still two hundred dollars up on Las Vegas, Nevada. Last time I went, I left with two hundred dollars more than I came with. Thank you, Rapid Roulette. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I got very lucky, and as soon as I realized I was out, I even had twenty. I even won twenty bucks in uh, quarters. Good for you, man. Yeah, cool. I got a buddy. No, who, that uh, really sucked, actually, because oh, I had to, had to carry, carry around, around a bucket of $20 worth of quarters the rest of the night.
0: Hey, well, at least you know if you got jumped, you'd have a nice roll of something you could put in your it was fist, in a right? a bucket,
1: I'd have to just shove it in, his fa- in their face.
0: I had a buddy who, uh, this was years ago, was sitting at his computer, middle of the night. I think he may, may have had himself a drink or two. he uh, was on an online sports betting website. Oh,
1: that's never a good combo. He
0: passed out. Woke up $5,000 up. Whoa. Yeah. What was he playing? No memory of how he won that. I, I don't know. I don't oh, know. All I know is that he, he did the smart move and cashed
1: it. <laughs> well, and good for him. Good I, for him, indeed. I mean, I, that's, I, I, that's very when, lucky. When you're up, you got to stay up. Don't, don't, he, don't do what he did. No. He got lucky. Yeah. Do, yeah. do not drink and bet. That I is, like my uh, money. Yes. Yes, indeed. Got to take a quick break
0: here. Uh, coming back, a little more NFL talk. We got the uh, new uh, AP rankings out for college football. Uh, Some more baseball talk, which you know you're always going to get here in the bullpen. Damn right. And a whole lot more. It's Patrick and Brandon here in the bullpen.
1: This is
0: the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Welcome back to the bullpen on this Wednesday afternoon. 1027 ESPN. Brandon Elkins, Patrick Osborne with you this hour. And we uh, are just so happy to be back in
1: this new studio here. It's just great. It's bigger. It is bigger. This, this fan behind me is just fantastic. Not as hot as when you walked in? No. It's very stuffy when we walk in here. I feel That's like one thing we loosen we, it you know, up in here. We, I could go for a little ventilation in this, this studio. It, it, I think it would help, but, you know, we'll take what we can get. I forgot to wear deodorant, so, you know. Well, you know, I can't smell you yet. Everything that this fan is pushing everything back 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 towards you. So sucks Ah, for you, my friend. The old fan (laughs)
0: trick. How about that? That's why it's there. So uh, talking some NFL before we went to the break. Did you hear about uh, Michael Irvin with his bold pick for NFL this year? I mean, uh, MVP this year?
1: Uh, No, but that kind of scares me when you set it up that way.
0: Well, I mean, when you think about Michael Irvin, (laughs) bold. Anything can be. You can be talking about anything.
1: I met Michael Irvin, and it was not a very great encounter. Oh, right,
0: well, you can't set it up and leave it hanging like that. What happened? He
1: was just Uh, it was when I was uh, interning at ESPN Radio, which, you know, I can tell you right now back in the day, the interns were were bullied. Not highly regarded. They were not highly regarded. Um I had a really great job, though. Yeah. But Glad uh yeah, here. it was uh, it was when it was when he was with Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football, I don't know. I think it was Monday Night cuz it was ESPN obviously. So he really wants a studio to do his show and we had it all set up for him. Everything was great, but nothing nothing was ever good enough. He just complained the whole time, yelled at me for nothing. Don't remember why. I, I'm <laughs> sure he was stressed because now that I live in this environment, yeah, we things happen and stressful stressful things happen and people get upset. So I don't hold it against him. I mean that was God, that was two thousand nine. A while ago. That was a while, it was quite a while ago, but
0: it's crazy because I still feel like 1999 was 10 years ago. Oh, don't say that. Remember 9999? 9,
1: 9, I certainly do. September 9, 1999. I also remember Y2 I remember K. MTV was just making a huge deal of that because I think they were doing an award show that night. Wow. Good old name. nine, nine, ninety-nine. Nine, but the ninety-nine. Beatles, 9, that was long
0: 9. after MTV stopped uh, playing uh, music videos, though. So. Number nine. Except for
1: number nine. <laughs> number nine. If you're really old, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, so anyway, back to this this ridiculous Michael Irvin prediction here for MVP. Yeah. All right. Uh, NFL Game Day. They they're out with their picks. So Rich Eisen and uh, former coach uh, Steve Mariucci, they like Josh Allen. Smart. Uh, Cynthia Freeland, Rachel Benetta, they like Aaron Rodgers eh. uh, to, to take his third straight. Uh, eh. Kurt Warner, two time MVP. He likes Joe Burrow. Take the momentum from last year's <laughs> AFC Championship. I thought you meant someone picked Kurt Warner this year. No. No. <laughs> Yikes. But might as well. There's Michael Irvin yeah. with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I just, I, I was trying to do that with a straight face.
1: Look, I don't even Vikings think Beto would take this seriously, and he is a huge fan.
0: Uh, he's put up some numbers <laughs> in his career. Big wins, not so much, right? No. Kind of impressive set of weapons.
1: He's uh, been perfectly yeah. mediocre. Perfectly mediocre. Because he's, he's won a little, but not a lot. He's perfectly mediocre. Well, and, but he had a decent college career.
0: The Cowboys legend thinks Kirk Cousins is the favorite for MVP or NFL AP offensive players. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh,
1: I know Kirk Cousins is listening and he's not gonna be too fond of us laughing like at I'm not him. laughing
0: at him. Yeah. I'm laughing at Michael Irvin. Yeah. And God bless you for going out on a limb like that, Mike.
1: Sure. I mean, look, it got us to talk about it. It probably got a lot of clicks. I'm sure he's there mostly for the clicks so no, he's a good he's a good analyst. Yeah. But if no, he's when you do fun, something like that, you're not doing it for your job. You're doing it for the clicks. It's a stupid prediction. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's just be honest.
0: That's Look, stupid. I did
1: that yesterday. I put Denver Broncos in my top five. I don't think they're gonna do it. I don't think they're gonna be a top three team this year. No. I'm being ridiculous. I'm being bold. You know what
0: though? Still not as stupid as Kirk Cousins as, as MVP. Thank you. I appreciate that. Not not even in the least. I appreciate that. Hey. I thought it was pretty ridiculous as soon as I said it. So we got some new rankings, AP top twenty-five rankings over in the college gridiron, which uh, we speculated yesterday. We, I was about to say we, we, had, you know, we, we have had some the, more rights, some non-official. more Official, yeah. Uh, Alabama, no to no one's surprise, remains the number one, followed by Georgia, which has uh, risen to number two in the top twenty-five poll after their big win.
1: I completely disagree with that. Do you? I, I think I think they should be flipped. I think it should be Georgia one, Bama two. Bama looked good. They shut out their opponent. They did what they were supposed to do. But it it, it was a much inferior opponent to Oregon. D- Utah despite, State, right? Yeah, despite yeah. what Oregon showed that day, they still beat a better team. And Georgia not only beat them, they ha- beated them handedly. 49-3 so to not too the top bad spot. over
0: Oregon. Certainly not. They got 17 first-place votes. Georgia did. I mean obviously not enough. That's not enough. Not enough. But so Alabama is still number 1. Uh, they got 44 first place votes. The Bulldogs narrowed the gap on the uh, Crimson Tide with that with that uh went that victory over Oregon on Saturday. Ohio State slipped to number 3. They only got themselves two first place votes. Michigan is now up to number 4 on the list and Clemson has dropped a spot to number 5.
1: I'm a little worried about Michigan cuz apparently they're going to start a different quarterback this weekend than uh, what they had last weekend and it seems to just be a Jim Harbaugh thing where he just does both things as well, and so curious to see how that's going to turn out. You think that's bad news for I don't, opponents
0: I don't, of Michigan? Is that what you are saying?
1: No, I think it, it could be bad news for Michigan. Oh, for Michigan because, itself. Because yeah, you had a whole, you had one guy last week, and now you are starting a completely different quarterback this week. I
0: got you. What you So A&M? We don't know what okay. he how he's yeah. what he's
1: going to show up as. I got
0: you. I got you. Well, looking elsewhere on the list, uh, just outside the top five, Texas A and M, number six. Okay, followed by Oklahoma, number seven. Uh, Notre Dame has slipped down to number eight. And I believe what? They were five last, last week, right? I still can't believe they're a top 10 team they
1: in be. here. They it should be, be much, much further down. They should not
0: be. Uh, Baylor, number uh, number nine. Oklahoma State, 11. I'm not going to find any more of the Big 12 on this list. Uh, Houston, the Houston Cougars are at number 25. Mm-hmm. So that's something. Uh, your Texas Longhorns received 118 votes, but uh, still not able to get to, to crack the top 20. Does that them at
1: 27? I believe it does. Okay.
0: I They're, believe it does. I mean, man,
1: you're right there.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just a matter of time. USC in the top 10 for the first time since the final regular season poll of 2017 when oh, they were whatever. ranked eight.
1: I don't believe that. Uh, and uh, so, That's the Lincoln Riley effect right there. Is it the Lincoln Riley effect? Yeah. Uh,
0: number 20, 24, Tennessee, ranked for the first time under second year head coach Josh Hoople. Is that how you say his last name?
1: I have no idea. Anyway, so there's your top 25. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you know, your, your guess is as good as mine. Like the description says. You enunciate a, better than I just, do. Just so. a couple of idiots, right? <laughs> lovable. <laughs> lovable idiots. Lovable. Yeah. You put that lovable. I said a couple of. You like the lovable part. So. Well, we
0: are lovable. We are. Who wouldn't love us, man? Uh, well, maybe know. you. Look, speak for yourself, Chief. All right? <laughs> I'm a lovable man. Okay. I'm a lovable yes, man. Yes, sir. Yes, you are.
1: <laughs> Especially that beard. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the, the brewmaster
1: beard, as Don Fryer calls it. Yep.
0: Big home underdog Long, uh, Longhorns are really looking to, to forward their opportunity on Saturday against Alabama. Now, it's unlikely that Texas has ever been a 20-point underdog at home since the point spreads became a thing in the 40s. Whoa. Right? But Alabama's rolling the tide through Austin on Saturday. Oh, hey. How about Thanks. that, huh? Nailed it. 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, Texas coming off their 5-7 and seven season. And uh, this is where the Longhorns find themselves now. Um, there's a lot of optimism in the Longhorns' locker room mm-hmm. right now. As there should be. As there should be. Uh, these guys look great. Uh, a lot to be optimistic about. Fifth-year senior linebacker, Demarvian Overshawn. Uh, when it, when he was asked if Texas if it could, you know, if a Texas win would shock the world, he says it probably would shock the world, but wouldn't shock anybody inside of our locker room.
1: Would it shock the world, though? I don't think it would shock the world, but it... I listen, think it would be on the same par as Texas A&M beating them. I, I think I it would shock anybody outside of the city, really. Sure. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I think I mean, there yeah, are a lot
0: fair. of people who, if... Like me, for example, I don't expect it to happen, but mm-hmm. if it happens, I understand why the Horns earned it.
1: You'd be excited, but you also at the same time would not be completely surprised right. because this is a talented bunch.
0: But you get somebody up in Apple Country,
1: right, you know,
0: up there in the pack the pack northwest, <laughs> and they will go, "What? The Longhorns beat the Sooners?" What? Oh my god. Look, right? perception
1: outside this state, you'd be surprised how high most te- most people think of the Longhorns because of, you know, their former stature. It's still up there. It's your, this team is still up there within the top five that we always talk about. Yeah,
0: so. definitely among the storied programs in college football. Definitely, you know, of all time. Uh, but they're 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 like I said, you know, very very excited. Last time Texas faced uh, one of its future Southeastern Conference mates, it was last year when they got ambushed by Arkansas I was forty twenty one. Yeah,
1: do we want to bring that up. Well, this wasn't good. <laughs> this wasn't good at all. That made Jerry Jones happy.
0: It made Jerry Jones very happy. Yeah, <laughs> so you know you got to wonder. Well, what makes Texas think they can hang with Alabama? Uh, you know, this year, if if they struggled so mightily last year against the SEC, well, for one thing, this isn't the same team. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a five. Your five and 2021 20, yeah. Longhorns. No way. Uh, and when you look at what some of the quotes uh, in this twenty four seven sports article here, uh, guys like B. John Robinson. And Overshaw, I mean, they're saying, you know, we've been going against Alabama's offense since Coach Sark got here. Mm-hmm. Watching our our offense has been watching the Alabama offense. Now we're going to see Alabama players doing it. Uh, B. John Robinson says, having him understand the defensive coordinator and what they run and how they run it really helps us a lot because our scheme's predicated on whatever they do. Right. So they're feeling really good having a guy like Sark in the driver's seat here up against these guys from Alabama on mm-hmm. Saturday. And I do, too. Mm-hmm. I do, too. I expect, I expect him to lead them. With, I think they're going to be filled with, with confidence. I don't think it's going to be enough to carry them to a victory, but I think they're going to come off the field all, all the wiser, even if they take an
1: L on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Just keep it close to the fourth quarter, and then you never know what happens. Just keep it close. Yeah, Get to the fourth quarter within striking distance, and you got a shot. Because that then gets the other team worried, uh-oh, we got them closed. They got all the confidence in the world now. Now they're on their heels. Right, right. So. Uh, well,
0: you know, and, and so we, we brought up Arkansas and, you know, kind of what, what makes them think. Well, Sark was asked, you know, I mean, what, what makes you think that this game would be any different? And he said, I just think we're better. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're mentally a little better. As much as I felt like we were physically, uh, as much as I felt like it was physically, we weren't prepared for Arkansas. I didn't think mentally we were very prepared last year either. He says, I think we're in a little different space as a program. I'd argue we're, we're in
1: a, a lot Bigger, different space as a program. I don't know. Long I long just long long long. don't know how you not get. You're not mentally prepared for a football game. Well, based on everything I'm reading here, it sounds like these guys are. I hope they so. Really and of course, they have to
0: be. You know, we've we've talked about this multiple times. The in-game adjustments, and we saw mm-hmm. some of that on Saturday, yep. uh, and and it worked out well for Quinn, being one of them, right? Yep. Uh, I think that as long as they can keep their heads, and their wits about them, make those necessary adjustments, they can keep it close. Mm-hmm. I don't expect a... A fifty-five to nothing blowout in no. Alabama. I would hope not. Yeah. Oh
1: man, <laughs> right, we'll come back for the here. psyche of this entire city. We'll please all, don't let that happen. Egg
0: all over our faces. <laughs> uh, Alabama's band won't be traveling with te- uh, to to Texas uh, this weekend.
1: Oh, what a shame!
0: Now I, I you know, the million-dollar band they call themselves.
1: Apparently, really? wow. uh,
0: th- this is uh it reignites what the burnt orange, uh, what burnt orange nation calls one of the dumbest controversies in, in Texas football history. And, and, and they're on some there. Mm-hmm. It was back in 2018 when uh, college football Twitter got in an absolute huff over the horns uh, for locating the TCU Horn Frogs marching band in the upper deck,
1: <laughs> all the way up to the top.
0: Now, visiting tickets, including the band, they were formerly in the lower bowl of the stadium, right? But incoming uh, athletics director uh, Chris Del Conte decided to move the tickets to the upper deck to provide a, a, contigu- a contiguous student section in the lower bowl. And the uh, Texas administration then made the decision that if opposing teams want to bring their band, those seats come out of their allotment of the 5,000 tickets. Mm -hmm. So in the contract signed between Alabama and and, uh, UT for the the home-and-home series, uh, Alabama agreed that the visiting institution band seats, if needed, must come from the visiting institution's ticket allotment. That was going to happen here on Saturday. Right. So there will be no Alabama million-dollar band. That just means Texas got more money
1: to to sell those tickets to the public. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> but I, I think it also does something. I could be wrong. I've never played college football. But I, I got to feel like when your band's not there with you, there's, there's a little bit less of the, I don't know, that psychological. It's kind of like here in the studio, for example. Like on radio, mm-hmm. for me. I can't speak for anybody else. But for me on radio, as the difference between recording and going live. I can vibe off the imaging and the sound and the, and the, and the, the intros and the rejoiners, all the bumper music. Yeah. Whereas – when you're recording something in a studio it's all dry, dry mm-hmm. it's quiet and you can't just get that vibe i so i got to think maybe maybe that'll play in take i mean i'm reaching here obviously
1: but i don't think the band travels as much as you think it does no, I don't with, think so with either. the other team but so. i would want them to I, sure, you know, yeah it, it, it for, definitely, If definitely i'm coming to
0: play for a team like the longhorns i want as much help as i got i'm a superstitious man
1: yeah so you know oh no, and it definitely does help it does you know keep you up when you hear your song and that means you know you're doing something right and you're doing something good so that helps Keep your confidence high, I think, but I don't know if it really. I don't, I don't know. Like like I, I like you said, I've never played college football either, so I I can't really answer that either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was. A, it's fun to have as a, as a spectator. It's fun to have both both bands there because you get that added effect, and you get to hear other team songs that you don't don't normally play. Well, there is that too, and so you don't hear them there as much. That too. Yeah. yeah, you only hear them in the video games.
0: Well, the way it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a exciting, a, an atmosphere, a, a very. It's going to be crazy party like atmosphere on Saturday. And of course, don't forget College Game Day. ESPN College Game Day is going to be there on the road week two here in Austin. Uh, And they're going to be let's see here LBJ Lawn on campus. And if you want to get there, you can actually start arriving at 4 a.m. on Saturday (laughs) morning at the LBJ Lawn on the UT campus for Uh. ESPN's College Game Day. Uh, They're pretty excited about this Bama Texas game. I am too, and I think all of you are as well.
1: I'm not 4 a.m. excited. No offense. Well, let me to tell you something with are. this
0: with this extreme schedule that I've been working in radio for so many years, I'm already up two hours by four AM. That's fair.
1: It's it's that's a very the fair. very but un- that's you and well, you're weird. Well it's
0: a very unfortunate reality of, of the early morning, the shift work as my doctor calls it. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't think anybody can understand that. So if I didn't have anything better to do, I'd go out there. But I got TV to watch, man. On a Saturday? Yeah, you get to watch all that from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, well, I don't get much chance, you know, throughout the week. I exactly. Take you, I take when you yeah. get it. Forget that. A little more college football talk on the way, and also uh, some big stuff coming out of uh, baseball last night, including the longest home run hit of the season. I think it was the longest home run hit since 2019. This thing was beautiful. Moonshot. It was, beautiful. Moon shot, it was man. beautiful. Yep. That and more on the way here on the bullpen. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027
1: ESPN. Launches one deep right center field. Forget about it. Oh, my goodness. Third deck. What <laughs> a way to start the ballgame for Yelich. He's got a dozen homers. Yeah, you don't see many up there. That was a changeup
0: from Cool. Christian Yelich gives that one a ride. Why oh my!
1: Dude. 499 feet. Off can of, I hear that again? Off a changeup. Can I hear that again? I want to hear that again. On Yelich. And Yelich launches one deep right center field. Forget about okay. it. You can fade it Oh, out. my goodness. I just it's wanted hard. to hear the crack of the bat again. That's a great, that's a great you sound. You can fade it out on the computer. What a way to start the ball for tra- Yelich. Okay. He's
0: got a I'm dozen just, just, yeah, All right. you I know things. you like
1: using the board. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't
0: I only did that just because I was messing with you. You said fade it, so i will fade it down here. I'll give you a fade. Thanks. Uh, this was an unbelievable home run. 499 feet for Christian Yelich. All right, now one thing I will say. It surprises me that Christian, I understand he's had some injuries, but it surprises me that he's only got 12 home runs on the season.
1: Yeah, we've talked about that. He's kind of disappeared the last couple of years. They were... The Brewers kind of really go where he goes, yeah. you know, where their MVP goes. So didn't he hit
0: fifty just a couple of years ago, nineteen right. something like that,
1: 2019, to See where they stand because last time we checked, they were still in first place. But I mean, yeah, they're seventy one and sixty four. Mm-hmm. They're second place in the Central. They're yeah. probably gonna they're probably gonna make the playoffs. I mean, they 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 fell well they fell last just, night to the Rocks, but they're three games behind San Diego and Philadelphia for, for the last wild card. Okay.
0: This was the third longest home run since StatCast started tracking homers in 2015. Uh, Nomar Mazzara hit a 500-foot shot for Texas in 2019, and then Giancarlo Stanton hit a 504-footer for the, the Rockies in 2016. You know, it makes sense. We miss him five. this year, and, definitely. And, and once again, you, know, you, you see these uh, four, 499, 500-foot home run. I mean, these are the things that you see in, in when you're a mile in the sky Yeah You know
1: Yeah This is, You always hear about it Happening in Colorado And also Just Giancarlo Stanton Makes it look so easy He It looks like he, ha- he Takes a half a swing And can still hit it Like 700 feet mm-hmm. The man is Ridiculously strong I- I'm kind of sad I- I'm a I'm i I'm a closet fan of his be- I just don't like The Yankees in general But I've always kind of Been a big fan of his Game because man He could just smash Home runs yeah. I miss him this year Yeah It's been hurt He's getting hurt He's getting old and the Brewers here—they—they—they
0: they, uh, they blew a six-one lead last night. Yeah, you know, they were up, and then I think it was the eighth inning that the the Rockies tied the game. Yeah, it's tied in the eighth, and uh, the rest was history. But Yelich joked after the game—he was four hundred ninety-nine foot home run—and he's like. Maybe Statcast could have just given me a nice round out off 500.
1: 499.9. Yeah. you can't just give them the point one extra. Fun, yeah, just man. give them the five hundred.
0: Well, that's just a, that's a hell. Of a
1: I'm bomb. sure it was for If it's anything four hundred ninety nine point five plus, they should give them the five hundred.
0: Hell of a bomb.
1: It's not his fault the seats are there. No, or the people are there blocking it, stopping it. No, dang.
0: So we've talked also at length. Speaking of uh, guys that can hit home runs. Uh, we've talked at length about Aaron Judge and his quest for the Yankees' home single season home run record this year. Now he's currently standing at 54, but that's not the only thing that he that he could do this year. And there is a an oft forgotten uh, stat out there that's it's not sexy, it's not it doesn't involve power hitting. Well, sometimes it can, but we're talking about total bases. Yeah. And he's on pace this year to possibly break 400 total bases for the season. I mean, if you're going to hit 60 deal. home
1: runs, that makes sense. It's funny; it's not talked about it, a lot more.
0: It's an extremely undervalued stat. It in baseball. really is. It, it really is. But it's absolutely a, a key component when you're when you're assessing a player's contributions. And, yeah, uh, Ichiro made it. Hey, sexy look who it is—the great Ed Clements Uh oh, Ichiro stormed. trouble.
2: Ichiro Konnichiwa. Ichiro. We were yeah, just talking that about might, Aaron that Judge. Still works.
0: Wait. He's on his quest for 400 total bases this year. 400 total bases. 400 total friend. bases. Now, 61 homers, you know, obviously is the Maris oh, record yeah. that yeah. everybody's talking about breaking for the Yankees. Yes. But 400 total bases he, uh,
2: may, he may get this year. Ph- phenomenal. I still like the judge story, too, because I'm 49. I'm old enough to remember the great Roger and Mickey Mantle in 61. <laughs> yeah, did you
0: enjoy watching
2: that all happen? Oh, gosh. Well, yeah. I was a little kid, but, yeah, it was fun. I was a huge Mickey Mantle fan. Yeah. I was pulling for Mick. Yeah. Mickey was my favorite all-time player. got to interview him a couple of times. Oh, that's so, cool. So, yeah, but, yeah, I, I love this home run story. I'm not really in the deep end of baseball yet, All Right. but when the playoffs start, I'm in the deep end.
0: I'm we'll get more, you there. We'll help you out. More, we, we got you. We live every day in the deep end of baseball, Yes. So yes. Gonna, you can always yes. wait over here and join yeah. us whenever you yes. want.
2: Hey, coming up 4 to 6, we're going to visit with Chris Stewart, the play-by-play announcer for the— Alabama Crimson Tide. Very All cool. Right. He's going to break down the game with
1: us. Okay. I heard there was a, a, another certain person you're, you're going to talk to today.
2: Well, we've got Ivan Mazel tomorrow, tomorrow, the nationally known sports writer. Ivan's going to be on tomorrow with us. And also, the calls are out to the ESPN crew and the Fox crew. So, yeah. Yeah, we may have to share the wealth on those guys. Very so, neat. That's okay. This is circus. This is the biggest circus I've seen in my 32 years in Austin covering Longhorn football. Yeah, they say more than
0: 200,000 people inside and outside the stadium on on uh, Saturday easily.
2: I'm going to the stadium at 7.30 p.m. Friday night. That's how early I'm going to get <laughs> <doing>. <laughs> Got my seat in the press box, and I'll see if they got any food in the nice. press box and everything. They probably will. I had great tacos last week in the press box, fellas. Mm. wow weeks. i some bad. I missed the kickoff because I was having tacos.
0: Well, you know, if you're <laughs> going to miss a kickoff, tacos are a good reason. That is fair. Yeah, tacos I mean. are always a good
1: excuse to be late.
2: See si. for, for anything. Si. Yeah. <laughs> Con mucho gusto. Indeed, I'll let you guys go. I'm preparing for Mark and Melinda on the other station. That's All right. right, Eddie. Well, Let's talk politics. We'll see
1: you in a few. Bye-bye.
0: See you guys. All right. All right. The great Ed Clements. Yes, everyone. sir. The man, the myth, the legend. Uh, so, yeah. So, talking about the, the, the 400 total bases.
1: Uh, Only person in the world who could interrupt a show like that, and everyone's just totally okay. With one that. of the few people I would let yes. interrupt my show. Exactly.
0: Then you stick your head in my studio. You might get punched, you <laughs> know? I can kick no, him, no, I'm right here, really. I'm right
1: by the door. Not
0: really. We, uh, most people are welcome in here, but, but, uh, but seeing Ed is, uh, is, is always, a, it's always, always a pleasure. Absolutely. So, you know, a high number of total bases is going to tell us players not just good at reaching base via hits, but also collecting those extra base hits, right? You're talking mm-hmm. about singles, doubles, three bases for triples, and obviously four for the home runs. Um, entering play Wednesday, he was sitting at 330 total bases, 27 games remaining. Uh, he's got 146 total hits this year, 54 of which are homers, 22 doubles, 70 singles. So assuming he avoids injury and maintains something close to this current pace, he could reach four hundred total bases during the last week of the season probably. Oh, man. It's gonna be close. Question is Willie, you know, because you brought up the issue yesterday of guys not wanting to pitch to him anymore. Yeah, and, and I don't and blame him.
1: He addressed it yesterday. I mean, they were they asked him yesterday, and he's like, There's nothing I can do. I mean, I just gotta take what I get. Yeah. Because he's only gonna get one or two decent if that, uh, pitches per at bat at this point. Yeah. If he even sees any at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it'll be uh just yet another thing that's uh, that you know about baseball to to love and watch and follow. You know if you're if you're a stat guy, you know if you love the minutia of baseball, then total bases is 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 a big deal. Like like four hundred is something that you just don't see. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I, I I wish more people would be happy. And nobody here's something just to keep in mind. Nobody's reached four hundred bases since Sammy Sosa, Luis Gonzalez, Barry Bonds, and Todd Helton. All did it in the same year in two thousand and one. I wonder how. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Jeez. Now the closest that anybody's was, come goodness. since
0: since then is Albert Pujols. He hit three ninety four or had three hundred ninety four total bases in two thousand three. But the last time it happened, just outright clear of the steroid era, nineteen seventy eight. Jim Rice had four hundred and six total bases. So this is not a common so, thing that you see in baseball.
1: Is the record four twenty five? No, the
0: record's four fifty seven set by Babe Ruth in nineteen twenty one. Whoa. Yeah. It was Beirut, though. I mean, the guy guy could do anything. 457 total bases.
1: You know, I I heard that back in the day, Ty Cobb used to pitch or used to hit every single inning. He got to decide when to come. There was no actual batting lineup. He was just allowed. They were. It was just a free for all. And because he was Ty Cobb, he would just go up and, and hit every inning because he could.
0: Yeah, and if probably if you didn't let him, he'd just slide into you with the spikes or something. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. The Iron Horse yeah, was yeah, not a was, nice man. He was a mean old fella. Yeah, yeah. One of the. But greats, that's crazy. So. Like you just think about all that back in the day. That the little things that we don't talk about, and I learned all that from Ken Burns' baseball documentary. One of the single-handedly one of the greatest things of all time.
0: Absolutely, and you know, as dated as Ken Burns' baseball is now,
1: it really isn't.
0: It's not to 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 the larger to degree, degree. It is yeah, not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously but it's all you're about the hit. it's like all the about the poses anyway. You,
1: that's yeah. yeah.
0: But I mean some of the stuff is is uh, brought up as in present
1: They now. have updated. I think it, it was updated as as recently as 2004, so Okay, well I mean, it's still pretty good. You know, but I've in, got the it, old VHS the era. Like yeah.
0: my grandparents had it all on VHS, so I oh, still yeah, have that in, in the uh, and so it's you know the old school original one. But yeah, you're right. One of the greatest uh, docs,
1: yeah, ever made. I'm blessed to have a roommate who has the uh, PBS channel on his Amazon Prime. Very nice. So I can watch, and I have watched the majority of the documentaries from Ken Burns because they're all on there. It's great.
0: I, uh, I, I mean, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna mire yourself in some guy's documentaries, Ken Burns, you could do a lot worse. I'll tell you, probably my favorite sports documentary of all time, though. It's it, it, it HBO uh, uh, Legendary Nights. The Tale of Gaddy Ward. Mm. Now, I don't know if you know much about the trilogy, the Arturo Gaddy-Mickey Ward trilogy.
1: No, you lost me.
0: I know, but uh, <laughs> this to me is, this is the benchmark for great sports documentaries right here. If you've not watched it, take my advice, right, especially if you're a boxing fan. Legendary nights, the tale of Gaddy Ward. You okay. will not be disappointed. Okay. In fact, I, I let my, my you know my, my family. I've made them sit through it. They're not boxing fans. Do they like it? Oh, yeah. Right on. My dad was all into it. All right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Greatest greatest sports doc, and and that's saying a lot considering the enormous amount of fantastic sports documentaries that they have. We got to get Chewy out on
1: for you, so y'all can talk about it more. I just
0: saw him in the hall earlier today. We were talking about that. There are some fights coming up. There you go. So uh, you can. What expect about to-
1: Jake Paul, Anderson Silva? Thoughts? Uh, Jake Ball
0: dies. Okay. No, well, I don't know. Are
1: they fighting? They're going to fight. I man. didn't even know that was a thing. They said it yesterday. Oh. Look it up on the internet right now, man. Why would a guy like Jake Paul fight
0: an absolute lethal weapon like Anderson Silva? He's still
1: trying to fight Mayweather. And are he, they going to fight anyway? Because
0: it, Silva's a, a UFC fighter. I don't
1: know. I just saw it on... on
0: Which would be even worse checking, for Jake Paul. Check it out. We'll look, check it out during the break. We'll oh, talk I ha- about I'd it. I'd have to see that. Yeah. I would have to see that happen. That's uh, absolutely... <laughs> yes. 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 Please make that happen, Anderson. I think
1: you're going to see it. But we can confirm it during the break. This makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll confirm that. Uh, we got uh, one more segment on the way. Stick around here on the bullpen. The bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Final segment of the bullpen on this Wednesday afternoon. I I, I keep wanting to say Thursday. Like, I swear to God. Don't been tease, Thursday, me, man. Even though Don't tease been
1: Thursday. me. Thursday is She Hulk Day, all right?
0: In fact, when I got here this morning. I was. Uh, I started writing my news stories as I do, and I was saving everything in the Thursday AM file. Oops! Took me a while to realize that wasn't the case. Wrong. Wishful thinking, man. Yeah. Wishful thinking. Just one more day. Although I've been, I, I, I live for the weekend. Thankfully, but I, but it'll be here told, tomorrow. I've been told, don't wish your days away. They'll go away soon enough, without you wishing them away. So. Okay. It's good advice. Wow. It's good advice. Deep advice. Yeah, I really had to think about Deep that. Deep thoughts one. by Jack Handy. Uh, Thank so. You, Jack. The 400 total bases we were talking about with Aaron Judge, big feat, that's that's possible. And got us looking at uh, some other major feats in Major League Baseball that we'll very likely never, ever see again. Right. And one of these, right off the bat, I will tell you, a 20-game winner and a 20-game loser. You know? You're never gonna see that again. I
1: don't know, For man. A lot of reasons. Look, I we Mariners had a pitcher last year who won sixteen games. Like they got yeah, one. They came close. But did
0: he also lose? See, we're talking about No, winning. he only
1: lost eleven. Yeah, see, there's the thing. Yeah.
0: I'm talking about winning twenty and losing twenty, same pitcher,
1: same season. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. The twenty twenty. The
0: last gotcha. time this happened was uh I believe in nineteen seventy nine. Nuxie. Phil Necro.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> twenty one and twenty not know he this. went.
0: He had a tw- 21 and 20 that year with a 3.39 ERA. 23 complete games over 342 innings.
1: Holy crap. He
0: finished the season tied for uh, the National League lead and wins. There was one more 21 game winner that same season. Another dude last name Necro. Joe, his brother, went 21 and 11 that what? year for the Astros.
1: That's crazy. Now you
0: won't ever see that happen no, again for a lot you, of reasons. At least
1: the brother thing. Well, yeah, that too. I don't know. Yeah. But you know, just, I've never even heard, I'd never even thought of a 2020 winner loser. I mean, imagine a modern
0: starter now consistently being allowed to work that deep into games to account for 41 decisions in one season. It's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. So for that, that reason alone, we'll never see that.
1: Most guys will get capped at 300 innings anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: also two, uh, actually 200 innings now I think is the 200 is, is, the a, is a pretty big yeah. benchmark now. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh we'll also probably so here you go uh, on that note 300 pitched innings. That's that's something we'll never see yeah, it again. That that was likely. a threshold for a long time especially through the 70s for starting pitchers extremely common back
1: then. No longer though. Yeah, that's because your rehab was was coke and alcohol. <laughs>
0: Get back out there, kid. Hey, man, whatever you got works. This. Rub some dirt on it. Yeah, exactly. Take some robotesm. Snort it, whatever, as it were. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, pitch counts, inning limits, general weirdness over health concerns nowadays, modern pitching philosophies. A 200-inning season is really, in and of itself, an accomplishment nowadays. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, no pitchers tossed 300 innings since Steve Carlton did it in 1980 for the Phillies. Wow. So it's been a while. Wow. It was 42 years ago. Since we saw th- Since we've seen that. Um. 30 complete games. Well, you know, I mean, since we're talking pitching, mm-hmm. we're never going to see that again. Right. Uh, the, there's you know, steep decline in, in complete games, really tied to the, the drastic scale down in overall innings pitch nowadays because managers won't let pitchers go deep into games. You know, right. health concerns or, or specialty relievers to create favorable matchups, stuff like that. Uh, since 1990, nobody's thrown more than 15 complete games in a season. That's so, I've never thought about that. that that's so bonkers to me. Well, I mean, yeah. Growing up as a little boy, you know, with a, with a hero like Nolan Ryan. Yeah. How do you think he'd like getting pulled out of like what they did to Kershaw earlier this season when he was in like the seventh inning, pitching a perfect game with only like seventy or eighty in pitches, mm-hmm. and, they and they pulled, pulled him. him.
1: Yeah. You know, how but pissed off those his... old
0: guys would have been. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, but coming off injury, yeah, I, it's a new day. Yeah, it's a new era. Yeah, it really is. Uh in nineteen
0: eighty six, Roger McDowell, uh, he had. Uh, he went 14-9 with a 3.02 ERA, but he did it as a reliever, as a relief pitcher. I'm sorry, 14-9? 14-9 with a 3.02 ERA as a reliever. <laughs> Not only that, he was also one of two closers the Mets used that year, and he scattered 22 saves in 75 games and 128 God. innings, all of which came in relief.
1: Wow. Won't see that again. No. Ever. No. No. Way no how. Hell no.
0: And I think probably one of the biggest things that uh you you know you, you could say maybe would be possible in the modern era, although it's post-steroid era, so probably not. Barry Bonds and his six oh nine on base percentage
1: in two thousand four. Like dude six oh nine. Yeah, six oh nine. Like we're talking three fifty yes. is really good. Yes. Four hundred happens.
0: That's Anything like around 300,
1: is. you're considered a good a good year. Yeah, 609? 609. 609. How many times does he walk? 232 times <laughs> that year. 120 intentional walks. I watched year. baseball during this, era, I, during this year. How did I not know that?
0: Now, here's, a, here's something that will blow your mind about Ooh. that. If you took away all of his hits that year and just left him with the walks, he's got an OPS of 390. Man. <laughs> that and is crazy. I'll, I'll argue right now. Part of the reason we'll never see that again is because you're not going to put up that kind of asterisk season in right. the post-steroid era. Right. Okay? You are correct. Uh, but, I mean, that, that's, that, that's the most legitimate argument I could make that for – uh, nobody's nobody's going to be able to put up numbers like Bonds did in the early 2000s that are scaring teams enough into intentionally walking with the bases loaded. They're just it's not going to see that anymore.
1: 609. That's disgusting. A 609 that great? on base percentage. I mean, it's fascinating, that is not to read that even number. real. I don't believe that. That is not possible. 609. Well,
0: wow. I mean, you know, he also he's also the home run king.
1: And see, that's
0: the home run king.
1: That's why I think he's going to eventually someday... I think he should be in the Hall of Fame eventually. Mm. He still had to put in that work. I've
0: argued... You can't get a 6.09 uh,
1: on base percentage just on walks alone.
0: Well, he had a 3.90 just on walks That's, alone. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah. And, and look, I've argued for a lot of years he's one of the greatest contact hitters to ever play the game. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because you yes. Did. So there's that. The steroids, I don't... Maybe gave him a little bat speed, but I, I don't think helped him with his contact, his eye, hand-eye coordination, sure. which is, is one of the, you know, that's, that's part of it. Yeah, exactly. So, but I'll, I'll never believe that he legitimately earned what he got in terms of home runs and all that 609 OPS. Give me a break. A great number wow. to talk about on the radio. <laughs> but come on, you didn't do that legitimately. I think one day they'll get him in. A uh, little story here real quick out of the NBA that you found. Uh, It's been uh, almost 20 years since the NBA brought a new franchise to the league. Of course, they added the Charlotte Bobcats, who are now the Hornets, ahead of the '04 4 season. Well, now it looks like the league may be looking to expand again.
1: Maybe. I don't know.
0: And an announcement could be coming in the coming months. A couple weeks. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Uh, I know at least one of these cities is an exciting one for you. Yes. And that would be what? Seattle? That would be Seattle. The return all this, of the Supersonics.
1: All this crap you guys have been giving me about the Sonics, even John Cooley coming out of the left field oh, with John his Sonics Cooley. crack, could all be finally put away in the next couple weeks. I don't know if it's true, but we, you know, and it, it is it, technically it's a since-deleted tweet from a Las Vegas uh, news reporter that, Las Vegas and Seattle will be announced in the coming weeks to get expansion teams in the
0: NBA. It's, so, it's still weird to me that Las Vegas is, is, is being discussed for any pro teams. I, I could swear to God that when I was a kid, there was I don't know if it was a hard and fast rule or, or what, but I, I was led to believe as a kid that, that pro teams weren't allowed to play in Vegas because of all the betting.
1: You couldn't even scout back in the is day. That, remember so that? I, so I'm
0: not imagining games, No, right? That yeah. was, okay. All that right. That was a thing. All right. And
1: now they're, they are Everybody
0: a, feared Vegas because of that. Right. And now they're getting all the teams.
1: Now it's the place to be, my friend. Apparently it would be. Las Vegas uh, Sparks just took out my uh, Sue Bird and my Storm last night to go to the WNBA Finals. Man. They're going to be in the WNBA Finals. Las Vegas. Just be weird living out there just in the middle of the desert. I would not want to live out there. Playing ball. I mean, gambling, when it gets your cold winnings. out there too, it gets cold in Vegas, yeah. in, in Nevada. Yeah. No thank you. Well, I mean, you come from a place that's already cold. And that's why I'm here, man. <laughs> And somehow the cold still found me. So my buddy Henry that I went to college with
0: up there in Eastern, uh, he, he lived down here in Texas for a while. He had the same sort of uh, opinion as you did that uh, I, I lived in the cold in Washington. I, yeah. I'm done with it. Although, I, mean, I used to tell him, I'm like, dude, I love the cold. He's like, yeah, I love the heat. So we're total opposite guys. Exactly. I hate the
1: heat. Although yeah. I will tell you this summer was unbearable. So Was it unbearable? It was unbearable. When we had triple digits since May, I mean, give me a break. I don't know. It just felt like summer. <sighs> no, this was worse.
0: I don't know. I still say the summer of 2000 was the hottest I've ever experienced when my nose burned at like 117 degrees or something like
1: that. Well, I wasn't here for that, so I can't help you out with that. Fortunate son. Kind of glad I wasn't, I guess.
0: Fortunate <laughs> son. Well, that's just about it for us today. I did want to mention real quick, we will have royalty tomorrow at Q2 Stadium. Oh. The king and queen of the Netherlands. They've embarked on a tour through the U.S. They're stopping in Texas tomorrow. They're going to be meeting with the governor. They're going to be doing a few things. They're going to round out their day tomorrow with a visit to the Austin FC, the team. Okay. Uh, they're going to the talk about in- innovation hubs, uh, high-tech and uh, sporting organizations between uh, Texas and the Netherlands. Uh, they're going to uh, talk about a uh, whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, and they're going to meet with the, some of the youth players as well, talk about the youth team. So it should be an exciting time. Royalty at Q2 Stadium. Right on. Tomorrow. That's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow here on the bullpen. See ya.